Coming right up, Straight Talk with Art Levine. Our guest tonight, Pine Avenue pioneer and community leader, John Morris. Opinions expressed in the following program do not necessarily reflect the views of Charter Communications nor its sponsors. We recognize our obligation to present opposing points of view by responsible spokespersons. For information, please contact the director of program. She stands in the face of evil and will not lose hope or faith. America, the land of freedom, is still the home of the brave. Straight Talk is brought to you in part by Southern California Edison. For over 100 years, life powered by Edison. The Press-Telegram, your local news leader for over 100 years. Join us for tonight's edition of Straight Talk. And now your host, Art Levine. Good evening and welcome to the first show of the new year here on Straight Talk. I'm your host, Art Levine, and we're delighted to have as our guest for the entire show a legend in his own mind, <laughs> a legend in the community, a real marketing pioneer and entrepreneur, the one and only John Morris. John, welcome to Straight Talk. Thank you, Arthur. I learned a few things before we went on air tonight about John, and maybe you don't know them. He came over as a 16-year-old from Liverpool, outside of Liverpool, England, and went to high school in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. John served in the military, our military, the Air Force, for five years. Four. And then he, four years, and then he came to California in 1973. And this is really hysterical. John, you were in the dress business for seven years. Uh, the women's What fashions. in the world did you do in the dress business? I used to be a manufacturer's rep in women's clothing and travel the state of California, Arizona, Nevada, and Hawaii. And seeing all those beautiful <coughs> women, models and all, you decided to open Legends. Well, you know, it was an easy transition. <laughs> Dresses to cheerleaders. You, uh, you know, we, sports bars today are all over, but this was something quite new and unique at the time. Yeah, we were pretty much the first... Uh, Sports bar. I mean, nobody ever really emphasized the use of TVs in the establishments back then. And we used to go to a place called McKenna's Creek, as you know. And you'd have to ask the bartender to bring out the TV from the closet to watch a game. There was really nowhere to go to watch it. So we opened Legends and we had the first satellite dish, first big screen TV, uh, a rear projection TV that had, uh, it had to be 15 feet deep for the lenses to make it bright enough to show on a screen amazing the technology today now it's an inch and ABC and other affiliates were out there for the big games 
uh, photographing legends and crowd reaction to the games and all. Yeah, I think we were on, uh, in our first five years of business, I think we were on national TV minimum, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 times. We were on, uh, they did a live remote to Australia during the Olympics when they were 84 Olympics, when they were here playing in uh, Long Beach with the water polo right. and the volleyball. Uh, so you and your partner, Dennis Harra, really created something quite unique. I think it, definitely it was, uh, yeah, I don't really think we knew what we were getting into when we got into it. Yeah. I was doing the dresses and opened this, we had this idea and uh, look what it's turned into. And of course you also were instrumental in starting the Belmont Shore Christmas Parade that just celebrated its 28th anniversary. Yeah, when, you, you know, when people look back, they don't, they don't know that in 1979, Second Street was not really the hustle and bustling place that it is today. There were more bars back in 79 than there is today. Yeah. And uh, it needed a boost of traffic, and we came up with ideas to really draw traffic to the street. And Panama Joes and Legends were kind of like the anchors of the street. But those early parades were a real ragtag bunch of flatbed trucks and whatever. Oh. I spent many, uh, many starts of the parade at Livingston and Second with a headset on and the walkie-talkies and just yeah. directing traffic. It was kind yeah. of a, now it's a, huge. But one thing was a constant. Everything began and ended at Legends. That's right. Always Basic always rule. <laughs> <laughs> and so then you said, enough of this, I want something different, and you went down <clears throat> to Pine Avenue. Yeah, well, I thought back then I was more in the bar business versus the food business, and I thought I should try the food business and the... Uh, uh, I don't know what whet my appetite to, to move to Pine Avenue, but something drew me downtown, and uh, the rest is history on that. Well, you opened up Mums, and uh, uh, my friend Larry Agajanian helped develop the, the Bank Opera of America building, building yes. with La Opera and all, and, and you and La Opera were, were pretty lonely those first few years. Well, I think uh, I opened in 79, and then uh, the Pine Avenue Fish House came on board about 18 months later, and then La Opera came after that. So the, once La Opera opened, it really gave the street that next bump. Yes. And, and you had a vision of Pine Avenue as, a, as an elegant dining place and uh, activities, and uh, it started, and then something happened. Well, it, it's... Again, you, we go through cycles. Pioneering is a long process, and uh, unfortunately, a lonely process. Well, it's long, lonely, long, whatever you want to call it. But at the end of the day, I think that Pine Avenue will be what we all envisioned when I came down there in '88. But it's just going to take a little bit longer. I think you're going to see a new transition of restaurants now that the AMC's closed. That's going to change the makeup of the street. That traffic will now go to the Pike. I think you will end up seeing a the restaurant row up on Pine again. There's a, a, a character and a quality to Upper Pine Avenue that the Pike, well, I've said before, the, the Pike to me is a disgrace as a design, and, and, uh, but that's a whole nother subject. But it did draw away people and the waterfront restaurants, as you accurately predicted, sucked away traffic from Upper Pine and it caused you to have to try and change your formula from, from mums to smooths. Well, I think that, you know, hindsight's so easy for a lot of people, I guess. I, I, maybe I should have left years ago, but I always uh, had this sense that it could work and it would, we could figure things out. And you have the difference with Upper Pine is you have all the independent restaurant owners. Yes. The Pike is all corporate chains. Yep, yep. So there's a, even though we don't get along all the time on Upper Pine, we do end up uh, making the right decisions and do things for what's best for downtown and what's best for the city. But yeah. it's a process. Well, sadly, or maybe happily, you decided to close Smooths uh, in September of this year, of 2010, 
and uh, we'll talk later about what you want for the future. But uh, that really was the end of a chapter on, on Pine. Well, I th yeah, I think that it's a perfect time for me. I've, uh, I've never been happier than I am today for a long time. And I just, uh, it was time. I think that I beat my head against the wall. I've created, uh, I have my friends, I have my enemies. And yeah. I just, I'm over dealing with the No enemies. one ever doubts where you stand, though. I, I, I just, you're a straight talker, as we would say on this show. And I respect you for that. And you also, while creating Mums and Smooths, created that wonderful... Uh, New Year's Eve party that ran for many years. Yeah, I think that, that that story, that came about because of the Beaumont Shore Christmas Parade. It was a matter of how do we generate traffic down here? We can't do a Christmas Parade on Pine Avenue, but it was like, let's do a Times Square on Pine. And, and it became you, you a huge, thousands and thousands down, huge yeah. success. And that was a battle in itself to get that done. But now it's, it's a big event. Okay. We'll be back with this amazing entrepreneur and marketing genius in many ways, John Morris. Stay with us. Electricity is different from any other product we use. We can't store it. We must use it wisely, but can't do without it completely. And there's no substitute for this special form of energy that brings us light, comfort, and progress. That's why California needs new standards that can keep utilities strong, guard against another power crisis, and protect consumers from the kind of shortages that often affect other commodities. Because electricity is different. The facts are in. California State University Long Beach is among the nation's finest universities. For the fourth consecutive year, the campus ranked in the top five public comprehensive universities in the Western United States. In 2007, Cal State Long Beach was named the third best value among all American public colleges and universities. Through superior teaching, research, and community service, Cal State Long Beach is changing lives for a changing world. Getting kids to care about economics is easier than you think. You just need to find a connection. Like how the Port of Long Beach supports one in eight jobs in our city alone. And how the port's commitment to going green is creating even more new jobs. So the Port of Long Beach? Cool. My no texting in class policy? Not so cool. The Port of Long Beach. Investing in jobs. Investing in you. As your business searches for smart ways to save, don't forget about the one that's right in front of you. Switch to the Charter Business Bundle and you can save big without sacrificing a thing. Get reliable business telephone and high-speed internet with local support and great features. Power your business with great savings starting today. It's easy to pay less and get more. Call now and make a switch to the Charter Business Bundle. Continue our conversation with entrepreneur John Morris. Uh, John, you also uh, were quite vocal about uh, the need to improve water quality downtown, and particularly the direction of the L.A. River. <laughs> well, I just think it's time that, you know, for the last 30, 40 years, the Port of Long Beach has been allowed to become the entity that it is today, which we're all very proud of. It's the number one port in the world, and it does a tremendous job for the economy in our regional area and for the nation, for that matter. Uh, but at the same time, they caused us some problems. And I don't see that we, the community, have been paid back for those problems they caused. And one being water quality. We all know about the air quality, which they're working on, and they're starting to do a good job with that. 
and the pain back to the community that way. But they did cause the water to divert to our waterfront. The, the extension of Pier J really created other problems that I don't think anybody back then really thought out. So now that we're going to this next level at the port and doing the new bridge and doing the, uh, the new uh, rail terminal yards and so on and so forth, it's time for them to really look at how can we help clean up this water. I know that uh, one proposal that you articulated was to... Um, Divert it. Well, the, the L.A. River <laughs> now curves to the left and, and winds up in a waterfront. But that curve was, as you said, because of the construction of the pier. And an, an alternative that you recommended was to change the flow of the river so that water does not go to our waterfront. Well, I just know there's ways to do this. I've yeah. talked to some really respectable people. I know you know Diane Creel that used yes. to head up Earth Technology. And just in yeah. conversations we've had over the years, this could be done. And, you know, everybody throws out the dollar amount. But when you're dealing with the port money, to me, it's monopoly money because you're looking at a long-term project. Whether uh -huh. it's $100 million or $200 million, it doesn't matter. They owe this community to give us back a pristine waterfront that we used to have. Well, consistent with that, of course, the, just for the record, the port has become uh, a green port and is known throughout the world as the most environmentally sensitive port and is really pioneering a lot of very positive developments, particularly in air quality, as you mentioned, but uh, this certainly would be consistent with, uh, with that effort. Well, I don't take away what they're doing on today. What they're making up for today is great, but we still need to go one more step. We need, they need to participate in our water quality. Yeah. It's so easy to blame the cities up above us for dumping it, but if that river would have stayed flowing the way it used to flow, it would have been dumping into the port property, and you know damn well they would have been taking care of it. Yeah. This way, we have to take care of it. And what about breakwater? Where do you stand on the surf riders and breakwater? I think it's awesome. And I think that it's, uh, water circulation is key for everything. And I don't think, even the surf riders, I think that what happens is you get the people fighting against each other because it's the surf riders are involved. Everybody assumes they want to go surfing down at the end of the peninsula. <laughs> but they don't. They want the same thing. And the homeowners are concerned about impact on the beach of tidal flows. And I think that's, it's all the fear factor of surfing versus what, everybody really wants is clean water. That's all everybody wants. So yeah. the opening of the breakwater more than likely be towards the downtown end of things and not impact the pollution. Well, as you say, that would be a benefit to home, waterfront homeowners to have clean water in front of their but homes. Everybody, it benefits everybody, but everybody's yeah. forgetting that picture. And I think yeah. a lot of times why we forget is the issue is on the west side of Long Beach. And on the west side of Long Beach, and, and, and it's poor people. I don't think anybody listens. They're not a priority. And I think that's where those kids go to the beach. And it's a shame that we, we tout ourselves as uh, we have a long beach, uh, and yet we have dirty water. It just yeah. doesn't make sense to me. It's not right. Well, rumor has it that uh, your eyes are turning back to the east side of town in Belmont Shore for your next venture. Well, you know, that's one of the, that would be a dream for me to put something together like that. I've got my daughter, Katie, and my son, Brian, who love this industry, and be kind of neat for me to set something up and have them get involved in it, and then I can just ride off into the sunset at some point. <laughs> well, you're not riding <laughs> off into any sunset, but you have evolved from a, a bar owner and a sports bar owner to a restaurateur, and you even refer to yourself at times as a restaurateur, and, and you're in now to, to running good restaurants. Well, that's what I'd like. That's what I really like to do and get back into doing the restaurant business. Downtown, I think I really 
really divided my time more to doing things to try to help things, and it always took me away from really managing my own business. You spent a lot of time, to use the phrase, fighting City Hall. It's not just City Hall. You fight the DLBA, you fight the Chamber, you fight City Hall. Everything's about big business. They all forget about the small business guys out there. And yet, the small businessmen, like you, are at the root of America, American entrepreneurial effort and enterprise. Well, you know, it's uh, any small business guy you talk to would agree that uh, everything that we do today, we cater to the big business. And yeah. the small business guys, they end up getting the bill. And it's just... Uh, it's the way it is. But, you know, particularly in Long Beach, I think anywhere, but particularly in Long Beach, people like to go to a restaurant where they know the owner. And God knows you were there standing in front of Smooths and Mums, and God forbid anyone went to a different restaurant, <laughs> there'd be hell to pay the next time you serve. But you were there and meeting and greeting, and almost all of our sponsors are individually owned, individually run, and it makes a difference. Well, uh, Kelly's what, is opening yeah. up. It's the cheers of Long Beach where everyone knows your name and yeah. people like that. Yeah, I went into Kelly's the other night. It's like old home week. I yeah. mean, it's just a, it's a great atmosphere, a great vibe. And then you watch people like Jimmy's dad at George's, who the restaurant's named after. You can't get guy, in without a hug. He kisses everybody that walks in the door. <laughs> I mean, he's phenomenal. And you look up and down the street on Pine, that's what it's about is independent restaurant owners. Yeah. Same as way on 2nd Street. It's, they're all yeah. independent restaurant owners. And people like that, not part of a chain. More so, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we'll be continuing this wonderful conversation with John Morris. Stay with us. Phil Trainees mixes California style with continental cuisine that includes fresh seafood from around the world. Since Phil is the chef, the menu has a wide variety of pastas, salads, soups, and appetizers that feature his unique personal touch. And the Italian-American signature dishes are simply beyond delicious. You never know who you're going to run into at trainees, from the famous sports legends on the Wall of Fame to local celebrities having a drink at the bar. For the best fine dining experience, visit Phil Trainees. At Performance Plus Tire, you'll find we carry Toyo tires. For over 50 years, Toyo has been a world leader in the development of high-quality tires. Optimum performance, safety, and a comfortable ride. That's what makes Toyo tires great. And now come into Performance Plus Tire for a great deal on these Toyo tires. Proxies ST, Open Country AT, and Proxies 4. Toyo tires, driven to perform. Come in today and we'll install new Toyo tires on your vehicle while you wait. Performance Plus Tire on Cherry Avenue, one mile north of the 405 in Long Beach. When I was a boy growing up in Italy, I had a dream to own my own store. I came to the United States and I worked hard as a tailor. Hi, I'm Umberto. I've been in Long Beach since 1960, carrying the finest quality men's clothing. It was a long way away, but styles are just around the corner. Umberto, 2141 Bellflower, Long Beach. People need a hero. They need something they can believe in. That's where Dog the Water Copper comes in. Oh no! Alright, you little trout sniffer. I've been watching you take a shower for the past 40 minutes. Think of all that water you're wasting. Well, I mean, that's really weird, Dog. I'm totally naked right now. Continue a conversation with entrepreneur and marketing guru John Morris. Uh, 
John, you've had your well-publicized bouts with the city. Uh, is that something uh, uh, internal to your personality, or is you just do what you have to do to survive? I just think you do what you have to do to survive. If you did it the city's way, everything takes forever. They're just not, I, I don't know what the problem is. There's a certain disconnect between people that go into City Hall and try to get things done. I don't know. I just, uh, it's frustrating. I've seen some things happen in the past year with a couple of the restaurant owners I know that I just laugh because it's, it's the way it's always been. Uh, we hear that things are changing, that the planning and building have become more user-friendly and all, but you're saying that's not what you're hearing? Or well, I think that they're user-friendly to those that have a lobbyist and can afford to pay for somebody to get things done. I think if you have a direct contact to the city council person or upper management, you can get anything you want done downtown. But downtown at City Hall is what I meant by that. But 95% of the people that go in, again, are small business guys or residents, yeah. and they don't know anybody. They just, they're, they're lucky to get through the door. Well, I think all citizens certainly deserve proper treatment by city, and I know the mayor is trying to upgrade those things, but I guess there's still some room to go. Well, I think that if they would be honest about things from the council members to the mayor to upper management, they've all heard the nightmare stories, not only from big developers, from business owners, but unfortunately, when it trickles down to the, the staff level or middle management level, it just stops. I think everybody has good intentions at the upper management level and maybe, but it doesn't change anything. Yeah. Nothing changes. Well, uh, Let's hope it does change because uh, we, we want this to be a business-friendly city. And I will just add one thing for me. When Sir. I had my arguments back in the day, when I'll never forget Mr. Hankler's words to me one day in 1988. Downtown Long Beach will succeed despite City Hall. That was a quote from Jim Hankler. And it does succeed because you see what's happening downtown. It is growing. It yeah. is developing. But it's coming it's from remarkable. the private side. Yeah, It's not with really the big help from... City Hall. Yeah. It is remarkable that the changes that have taken place. I personally feel so disappointed in the Pike, uh, a waterfront uh, development that could have been uh, an I I icon. You can't see the water from 80%. It's in dark, it's in shadow uh, problem. Uh, the parking situation with DDR, which actually had a result in a lawsuit, uh, was, was unforgivable. And uh, Hopefully we can, we can fix that. Well, I just think it, that inner portion of the harbor, as we've always said of that pike, needs to be bulldozed and rethought through. It yeah. just, it's not going to work the way it is. Let me just mention, uh, this man, despite his reputation, does have a big heart. And you started, uh, I know, way back in Legends uh, on, on Christmas Day, feeding the homeless. You continue that at Mom's. And... Uh, uh, it, it's such a moving experience to be there and, and do that. But, mm -hmm. uh, and there's so many other charities that uh, uh, even though your businesses uh, at times were not making a whole lot of money, you, you still did it. So we I just we think thank you've you always that. got to, I mean, that's been a philosophy from day one. My mom taught me that. You've always got to give back, you know, you yeah. just, uh, and I've always done that. And uh, where I've come from, I can relate to what a lot of people go through, and I sympathize with that. And, uh, those days of Christmas days, I can I know you were there many times, and I can flash back on it was like a family day. Yeah, the same people showed up every year, and we fed like close to three thousand people at times. And it bring you know Long Beach, as we both know, is a very special community, and uh, the linkages and the networking, and uh, it's very moving. I come from New York, not yeah. Liverpool, but uh, New York's also a very diverse city, and I love the diversity here in this town and the linkages and. Yeah. 
And I think that's one of the things that we've really never taken advantage of is our diversity. I just think sometimes there's still a disconnect within that. In our, in our own community, we have such great pools of assets that we don't use. Yeah. Well, my vision for downtown was always that we have a permanent international world's fair showcasing the diversity of the countries with whom our world-class port trades. And there could be a South Korean pavilion and a Vietnamese pavilion and a Chinese pavilion funded by these foreign countries where they would showcase their customs, their culture, their cuisine, and not a second-rate shopping center. I agree 100%. I just don't know why that is. Just saying it the way you say it, how easy would that be to connect with those different countries and put all that together? Building on our assets it's and our strengths. The priorities are all screwed up. Yeah. Well, uh, we, will, we will be back in a moment for the final ports, parts of this show, and we're so pleased to, to have a guy who tells it like it is. We'll be right back. Welcome to McKenna's on the Bay, where fine dining is complemented with a breathtaking view. McKenna's is a restaurant of incredible ambiance, providing service and cuisine with style, class, and romance. The menu offers a variety of appetizers, serious seafood, prime steaks, an oyster bar, and specialty entrees for either lunch or dinner. McKenna's on the Bay features patio dining, nightly entertainment, and two banquet facilities. No matter what your occasion, McKenna's on the Bay is like being on vacation. Join us today at McKenna's on the Bay. Founded in 1976, Polly's Gourmet Coffee is Southern California's most complete gourmet coffee store. Polly's has the best tasting coffee freshly roasted every day right in the store. Plus a wide selection of teas, an in-house bakery, espresso bar, patio dining, and more. We also offer Wi-Fi, free internet access for all of our customers. Our nationwide clientele agree, when it comes to coffee, there's only one name to remember, Polly's. 4606 East 2nd Street, welcoming you into Belmont Shore. who are closest to you, from our family to yours. McCarty's Jewelry, since 1932. How do you like your chances the rest of the week? I got no idea. But I do know that if we stay with Naples Rib Company, at least we won't go hungry. Coach, what do you think about some of those questionable calls tonight? Oh, yeah, but if you want a sound call, I'd call Naples Rib Company. You can't miss on that call. Then Naples Rib Company is part of your game plan? There really is nothing more motivating than a great barbecue meal at Naples Rib Company. Victory or not, Naples Rib Company, great game plan. I've known John Morris for over 25 years. He, in fact, came here one year before I did in 1973. And uh, our community, in my judgment, is a lot richer in every way because of John's efforts here. So I just wanted to publicly thank him for all of his work. And uh, he has a big heart, and it shows, and, and he he, he has really made a difference. So, uh, John, thank you. Well, thank you, Arthur. Thanks for those kind words. And it was enjoyable being here again after about, I think we were here 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah, you, were, you got our Straight Talk Community Service Award a long time ago. And, uh, but uh, uh, good luck on the next chapter of your life. I'm sure it'll be positive, And we, we encourage you uh, back in the shore. And I thank you for that. Okay. Thank you guys for watching. And please join us 
next week for the next edition of Straight Talk. And Happy New Year belatedly to everybody. Good night. Straight Talk has been brought to you by Southern California Edison, the Press-Telegram, and remember, Straight Talk is viewable worldwide 24-7 at straighttalktv.com. Thank <laughs> you.